Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's episode 31 of the Red Leaf Retrocast, Retro Gaming Edition. I'm your host, JD. It is the month of October. We are days away from Halloween, which means one thing and one thing only. Something we've kind of done before. Murder. Well, I mean, we're not supposed to talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it is horror games. We're playing spooky horror games, naturally. We've done an episode in the past before. Unknown horror games, possibly bad. That was, gee, ages ago. year and a half ago uh, in the podcast lifetime. So, naturally, it's time to get spooked. All right. And the one who chose this topic was Colin. Yay. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's been a pretty pretty busy month for me. I, uh, I've actually been called up for a couple of... Uh, interviews for a new position in the airline industry sure sure alrighty Kevin Hello. you are the other host the OG host you've been here since day one I am what is known as the rotating chair you know, the rotating chair I'm, I'm the, are you I'm the guest chair are you sure about that I'm the guest chair that keeps <laughs> just keeps getting filled in <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Kevin? I am wonderful. I suck ass at Octopath Traveler. I will. Yeah, I've I've noticed that on your streams. Oh, my okay. ass. I I wish you saw the the hundred thousand times XP I got the other day because my mind kind of exploded. <laughs> and then uh, I'm I beat everything else I've been playing. I beat Spider Man. That was quick. Um, what was the other thing I beat recently? That I, like pretty much all I'm focused on Me- is like Mega Man. Mega Man Eleven. That was the other thing. That game was real good. Um, yeah. But now this is like my number one focus, and I'm going to do that until November 1st when my Game of the Month Club starts Psychonauts, and I'm going to see how that is. I feel like it's that game that like everyone loves, but nobody played, but like I really don't know anyone personally that's played it. I've played it. Is, is it Beat as it. good as people say, or is it like, this is overhyped? Uh, guys, uh, I guys. I wouldn't say it's overhyped. It's a, it's a cult classic type game. It's good. Yeah. I liked it. Guys, uh, for some reason, I'm not getting much volume on my Audacity here. It's okay. I have the Amplify. He, Don't worry about it. Okay, you can fix okay. it. Yeah, it's just like barely <laughs> coming this. in there. I have backup audio. Don't worry about it. So, okay. <clears throat> Spooky Horror Games is the main theme today. We got some news prior to that. And since we're on the topic of what games we've been playing, I actually play... I I was... Since one of the games we were playing uh, for the cast got me interested in other horror games, since it is Spooky Month. So I was kind of dabbling in some of the games in my collection. Okay. Personally. I was playing uh, Resident Evil Zero on the GameCube. Nice. Which I have. Uh, Yeah, it's not my favorite Resident Evil, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I mean, it's it's mechanically okay. Uh, God, they're all kind of running together at this point. Uh, that's the one where you don't have, like, an inventory. You have to constantly drop items and stuff right where they are, and then it's a lot of backtracking. Uh, what, not totally a fan of it, personally. And then tested out a little Code Veronica. That game's quite good. Probably the last true non-action, I want to say before Resident Evil 4 came out. Uh, I don't know why I always pick up Resident Evil 5. I still have never beaten it, but I always like pick it up from the beginning and just co-op play with someone online. That's always fun. Are people uh, still playing that online? Around. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Why? Why not? <laughs> okay. I think that game gets a bad rap. Personally. It, oh, it probably does. Yeah. Are you I, think, I don't think it's. I don't think it deserves that. Are you playing on PS4 or PS3? PS3. Yeah, right. people are still online. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, PSN's still a thing, so why not? Um, and then a lot of games for the modern gaming cast that's coming up uh, since it's the end of the month. You know, Mega Man 11. Um, God, I just I just went through a lot of games because a lot came out this month. Starlink, tested that out. Oh, yeah, how's that? <sighs> okay, good. Average at best. I heard people <laughs> losing their shit over it. But, like, they were mostly saying, like, and it's a good Star Fox game. And I'm like, and other parts of it? It's not really. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> the thing is everyone was like, it's a great Star Fox game. And what about the parts that aren't Star Fox? Star Fox! <laughs> that's, pretty much, that's pretty much all I got from everyone Yeah, I, I, played, I played both the, the, the Star Fox version that came out on the Switch and then the normal version that came out on everything else. Uh, yeah, don't play those. Okay. Uh, the Star Fox version is the better version just because there's a little Star Fox stuff in it but really it's just it's like No Man's Sky with Toys to Life really. that sounds awful I'm out <laughs> yeah it's it's very it's very bland it's a very bland game I didn't I, I didn't play it more than my two hours I was like yeah I'm done with this um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, yeah I'm done with that you beat it or are you just <clears throat> um, bored of it no I'm it, it, it it's too much of a grind oh, it's not worth it I'm gonna play it it's just not worth it. Uh, maybe when the game goes down to like fifteen dollars, which it will probably happen within the year. Oh uh, yeah, maybe I'll pick it up $60 then. Sixty dollars for games. Jeez, I, I mean, Origins. I would. I, I definitely paid sixty dollars for. That was fun. Um, yeah, it got a little grindy at, at points, but it wasn't game breaking. Odyssey is game breaking to me. Mm. Um, let's see, Mega Man Eleven. I beat. That was a lot of fun. I think the music is a bit. Fuck stock. Fuck bounce cast or bounce man though. Nah, you're just bad at it. Fuck so, man. Uh, I think the boss that irritated me the most was definitely the yellow devil. Personally, yeah. He was kind of annoying. Uh, I don't know why. Well, the <laughs> thing is that game. Returned. I like that they made the speed gear thing, but like that game almost relied a little too heavily on like speed gearing. That was my that was my issue with it. I just kept forgetting to use it. I never used the power yeah. gear. That's the thing. Like I felt like they should just made speed gear and that's it. Oh, that was as as soon as I like finally got it in my head to use the power gear, j- dude. Boss battles, power gear. You kill them in like three shots. Yeah, but I feel like if you <laughs> use the speed gear, you got more hits in anyway. So I was like, well, all right. Well, I mean, just one power gear shot and you're and they're toast. Like it was. So Mega Man Eleven was pretty fun. Uh, short. It's pretty short. I mean, it is a Mega Man game. I beat it in like four and a half hours or something, just yeah. one time through. It was like that. Yeah. But that was nice considering that I had a bunch of other games to play. I'm still testing out a lot of stuff in Forza Horizon 4. Uh, got Xbox Game Pass on my PC for the two-week trial, so right. I've been messing with that. Cool. Um, it's... I mean... I, I had people message me on Twitter and DMing me, and as I was streaming, they're like, Game of the Year! I'm like, maybe on Xbox One. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But now Red Dead 2's come out, and that seems to be... Uh... I'm sorry, Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's on PS4. I'm Actually, talking like I, I, I'm talking like the games that came out on Xbox One this year. Oh, let's just say Monster yeah. in the World, got it. 
That's definitely up there for me. Um, yeah, Drew and I talked about a lot of the games that have come out uh, during our mid-year or July episode mm-hmm. of the Modern Gaming Cast. Uh, talked about a lot of the games that had come out, and um, yeah, the the I think the um, I think the Game of the Year conversation is going to be fun this year. Yeah, we're gonna. You gave me a great idea to do the whole giant bomb thing of like have an in-depth conversation. Well, on why? Yeah, but they have like six people be. on the board, and eventually they just pick off somebody one by one by one. Yeah, it's really Might worth need it. you on that for Kevin. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not against you... it, but that's a whole day I got to plan. <laughs> oh, we could probably plan it the same day as like a retrocast and just get you on for like another hour or so. Deal. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Why not? Uh, let's see. Man. Oh, I did play Call of Duty Black Ops 4 for, like, four hours, just testing out all the modes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... And? I think it's the best multiplayer Call of Duty I've ever played. Oh, yeah. Because when I was in college, like, that shit was just nonstop with people. <laughs> <laughs> you played you know, Call of Duty? I think Duty? that's when Modern Warfare 2 came out. Worst one. <laughs> I think that's when it came out. Worst Call of Duty. Oh, yeah? I hate that. It was so unbalanced. I was like, fuck this. I hate it. Yeah, I mean, I was talking with Drew about it, because I had a lot of questions and issues with what was going on. Like, zombie mode is just horde mode, and Drew's, and Drew, <laughs> Drew's going to have to defend himself pretty hard uh, on the modern cast, but I was I was not impressed. Um, you know, there, there was this, like, makeshift tutorial story mode that they've replaced the story the whole story single player with so that's like a that's not that's nothing <laughs> right right yeah that, that it, um, it's not a story yeah but you want to know what that does uh, that gives them the the what's the word i'm looking for they have an excuse to go online not required so they don't have to put it on the box uh, let's see um blackout mode is is you know it's the the battle royal the, the it's basically PUBG but good <laughs> uh, that's the best way I can describe it. It's exactly the same, but it doesn't. It's not buggy. It actually looks good, kind of deal. But it just doesn't do anything new. You know, like it, it doesn't do anything to separate it. Separate itself. Like Fortnite has its, the building mechanic. It has the cartoon um, aesthetic to it. Uh, you know, it, it's like it's its own game. Oh yeah. You know what I mean, guys. I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, zombie mode didn't do much for me. Horde modes just don't do much for me in general in gaming. So I was like, all right, I get it. This is okay. Not into it. There was a couple things of story, and apparently if you haven't played, like, the previous four or three blackouts, you won't, like, totally get it. So I'm like, all right, YouTube (laughs) video, and I go, okay. It's kind of a story, I guess. (laughs) It's It's not a story. It's not a sixty dollars game. No, no, it really isn't. But the thing yeah, is, like, they cut half. The, they cut half the game out. It's thirty dollars at best. I feel like they should just sell Blackout on its own, and that would like like appease people. Like, just Probably. make a good Black Ops, and then just be like, "Here's Blackout if you want it." Yeah, yeah. There, there was. I saw a lot. I saw a few things where, um, there's DLC locked on the disc. Oh, good. I'm glad we already. Yeah, I'm glad that, that's we didn't scummy. get out of that. Uh, there was. Let's see. I think it was zombies, and blackout. They have attires and stuff that are separate from each other. So that screams microtransactions in due time, mm. heavily. 
let's see. Multiplayer, I had a lot of questions, because you have a level-up system, but there's no ranking system, like, implemented into the game yet, which apparently is normal. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and that doesn't seem right. And apparently, a lot of the community complained about when it did have a ranking system before, and that's why it's not there. So I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Because I was, I was level 1, and I was already being... I, like, there was a couple matches where I was pitted up against a bunch of, like, f level 15 and 20s already. Oh, no. And I go, great, I have just booted this game up for the first time, and I'm already against people who have played this game for, like, four days straight. Oh, <laughs> That's why I don't no. do online That's games fair. anymore. It's the exact reason I don't play things online anymore. Yeah, I kind of I kind of lost, lost interest yeah. immediately upon that so ah, yeah. that's just it's just my own personal experience drew drew seems to love the game he thinks it's the best one ever of of all time of call of duty he really likes it but he's a he, you know he's heavily into uh the multiplayer right which is fair yeah it's fair you know as as the type of gamer i was i wasn't totally impressed i think i think it's kind of a big activision scum scumbag move uh for a lot of the things that they've pulled in the game Right. For sure. Ah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, enough enough about me, Colin. What have you What have you been doing? I went on a just a rant there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But uh, yeah, I've been been playing a few games. Uh, off and on, I've still been playing Iconoclasts. I'm just kind of mm -hmm. a completionist that way. Still. Did you beat the story yet? Sorry. Did you beat the story? No, not yet. But How many? Do the bosses get better? Because they were pretty unique when I was playing it. Yeah, they're they're pretty in enjoyable. There's there's one where you, there's like this big circular uh, arena with this big like worm like drill robot of some kind. You gotta stay between its head and its tail, and then sometimes it'll go high speed, and then you gotta do some kind of power up move to hook onto a power line that'll zip you along, similar to infamous where you'd like zoom along oh power that's lines. pretty cool. Well, that's cool yeah i liked i liked quite a bit of that game it was a, it was a little on the easy side but you know sometimes you need a nice little relaxing platformer like that yeah for sure and i've also off and on been playing a bit of fortnite when i'm bored St good game yeah you were talking about that on the pre-show good game yeah, i've only got like which, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Redleaf Retrocast, you'll be able to uh, hear all that. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little review. We need them. I need them. Never crave <laughs> them. Never. <laughs> all right. So yeah, just uh, off and on. Been. Uh, I've only gotten like seven kills in the fifty plus matches I've played. <laughs> oh wow. But I also. Yeah, battle royals are are hard as shit. <laughs> yeah. Really. You got. You really gotta. You really gotta grind to get good. <laughs> yeah. I also uh, played all the way through uh, Sin and Punishment on the Wii. That one's really fun. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Do you, have you ever played the N64 Sin and Punishment? I have not. But. Oh man. Like we might have to do an on-rail shooter. Yeah, but that didn't episode. even come out here. So. If if there's enough to go around. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you can well before the Wii uh, Virtual Console shut down. Uh, you could have gotten it on there, and that's what that's how I got it. Mm. I mean, like as far as retro on rail shooters are concerned. I mean, there, there's the original Sin and Punishment. There's Knife Edge Nose Gunner, both on the N64. But aside from that, I can't think of any others. 
Uh, Panzer Dragoon. Okay, that's House of the Dead. that's one. House of the Dead. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's even a light gun. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Revolution X. We'll, we'll discuss it at some other point. I, yeah, yeah. I we got, might have to think of a bunch more games. I got dibs on Revolution um, X. And I, f- <laughs> I found out in the credits of Sin and Punishment that it was made by Treasure. I was like, that explains a lot. <laughs> yep, Treasure makes solid games. Oh yeah, what have they been solid. working on since like the N sixty four though? <sighs> Are they around? I think they got bought out by, like Tech Techmo or somebody. Ah, Koei Techmo. I, w- I think they. I somebody think look into that. Them. Just like Konami bought Hudson Soft. And they're oh, doing yeah. a whole lot with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez, poor, poor all those franchises. Yeah. <laughs> Konami used to be such a powerhouse. Oh, well. Konami yeah. used to be cool. And last but not least, I have just been sinking a ton of time into Batman Arkham Knight lately. It's okay. just... I'm just so addicted to it. It's real. That's the Batman with the car, right? Correct. The Batmobile? Yep. Implemented? And it's it's really fun. It's like there's so many missions where you like chase down militia vehicles while others try and shoot you along the side, trying to act as bodyguards. And then you can either sideswipe them or hit them with immobilizer missiles. And just zooming through mm-hmm. the very well rendered Gotham City the whole time. It's just such. It's, the game's like pure eye candy for sure. But it's also really fun to play. It's like they even kind of added an extra challenge element to the the uh, actual brawls just like that's, mm-hmm. that's the game where batman actually kills people no <laughs> it isn't he runs over people with a vehicle <laughs> yes but the vehicle has like special tasers on the side that zap them out of the way and only oh good so now they can have a broken leg internal bleeding and have heart problems awesome <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got me there, <laughs> but yeah, you can you you can do like environmental takedowns in like the hand to hand combat as well. Like if you're near mm-hmm. like a fuse box, you can knock a guy's head into it, and he just gets electrocuted into unconsciousness, and other such things. It's really cool. No damage though. Batman doesn't kill. <laughs> and I'm glad they managed to get Mark Hamill back as the Joker. Oh yeah, he he did a very good job voice acting him. For sure. He's pretty much For the sure. definitive cartoon Joker. Why isn't he just the Joker in the movies? <laughs> Don't know. Couldn't say. I just want to see Willem Dafoe be the Joker. That's like my goal in life. That would well, be He's already the Green Goblin, so. Yeah. Fuck work. that. No. No, yes it can. Ryan Reynolds did Green Lantern in the Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> And he makes fun of Green Lantern every chance he gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that was just a paycheck movie for him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing wrong with getting a little paycheck every now and again. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you never know when something could take off. Uh, not that movie. For sure. <laughs> uh, all right, Kevin. Besides uh, Octopath uh, or anything else you mentioned, you got anything? Uh, anything else? Uh, no. Oh, I, um... No? My buddies wanted to play Legend of Dragoon again, so we've been streaming that. I've played it 50 times, but that's a thing I'm doing as well. 
It's a good cult classic RPG. Yeah, for sure. Also, um, side note, I'm not streaming it because I some people I just can't have stream with me because they don't know etiquette. Um, but we started Kingdom Hearts two. Let me tell you, oh? game Kingdom Hearts is overrated as fuck. I said it. Oh, you Kevin, just made a powerful enemy, my friend. Look, man, <laughs> that game makes no sense. The story is whack. Well, you just got to put in the effort, man. No, I, know I, I tried did, to, and it uh, was no. awesome. Look, I tried oh, looking man. up the story, like recapping it from when I played the first one, when then I didn't understand it. Then I looked it up. I still don't understand it. <laughs> Like, I feel Have like, you seen video game donkeys uh, no. video on trying to get everyone caught up with the story? No idea. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. I have. Oh god, it's hilarious. But like, yeah. I, uh, I, bu- I bu- There's even a bunch of YouTubers going uh, when they're discussing Kingdom Hearts three of the ones that don't like the series or have issues with it. They go, they screwed up the story so bad in Kingdom Hearts two that every game since has been trying to make sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Well, I, I can't I argue like, with that. I just. The part of me and like Disney's been tainted for me for external reasons in my life, but like, man, I feel like that game could be a lot better if they didn't have to shoehorn like Donald in there. And like, I, I just feel like if it was just a square RPG, that would have been just fine. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I yeah. I feel like at this point, the Disney stuff is pretty much window dressing. Yeah, but now they're just like, hey, remember window that time? dressing. I like that. I like that term. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys like Toy Story? Here's Toy Story. How oh, cool. Yeah, because really, when you boil, did the, mo- did the mobile game of Kingdom Hearts shut down officially? No, it's, it's still mobile going. Game? It's still going. Yeah. What? Oh yeah, there's a mobile game and it's canon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, no wonder this, this game doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Pay three ninety nine to right. make sense. All right, we got to get to the news here. Do we? <laughs> Yeah, we gotta get to the news. Here we go. I'm playing the drop. Go for it. Okay, so Red Dead Redemption 2 came out uh, from Rockstar, and it, and it came out with some controversy. Uh-huh. Uh, so <clears throat> it's causing industry awareness yet again in overworking their employees. Yep. So um, the video game industry is uh, and, and overworking employees is nothing new, but every time something big comes out, uh, like in the early 2000s with EA and their multi-million dollar lawsuit, uh, with uh, basically forcing their employees to work overtime, and if they don't do it, then, then they just straight up fire them and replace them, and that's pretty much illegal. That is illegal. Yep. And it came out again... Uh, because of how detailed and crazy, uh, intricate Red Dead Two is, with so much detail in the game. For example, the the the, the social media thing that came out was that you know the horse testicles will shrink in cold weather kind of deal, <laughs> and that that kind of stuff pretty much doesn't need to be in the game, and yet it takes hours and hours and hours just to get that stuff down and all the code, etc. So, uh. So the employees often feel frightened for their jobs to even speak out about this stuff. And that, you know, I'm not saying that the video game industry isn't the only culprit in this. I mean, I worked in the offshore oil industry where, you know, you're basically forced to work 16 to... I've seen people do 48 hours straight shifts out there. Oh, yeah, it it gets real bad. Like, I've fallen asleep at the desk because I'm, like, so sleep-deprived. And they're like, well, if you can't hang, then we'll have you on a chopper the next day kind of thing. Oh, man. Um, if you speak out, well then, okay, you won't go, you, you're basically blacklisted from 
that company on the rig uh, kind of deal. That is shitty. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, when Halliburton got caught by the DOJ, for example, uh, lots of employees got a lot of back pay because of that kind of shit. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah. True justice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Department of Justice had to get involved. So, you know, I can't, I, I, I have a personal uh, conflict and uh, understanding of, you know, what being overworked is, uh, being afraid to speak out kind of deal. You're, it, it's it's part of a culture of the industry, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, it's, it's actually the... So, oh, sorry. Yeah, so uh, I, have, I have some quotes here on the agenda... Um, I believe I got this from Polygon, uh, and I, I don't know where they where they took it. Uh, they described a working environment where overtime was expected, where not being where not being in the office late factored into performance reviews and questions from their superiors, where many employees felt watched. And it goes on and on with with quotes along those lines. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've been there myself ah, yeah. with with uh, with certain jobs for sure. Um, Colin, you've even worked in the oil industry. Uh, you work in the uh, air force, air airfield air industry. I'm sure there's similar factors. Actually, it's pretty much the opposite because they actually have strict re- regulations in place as to how long mm-hmm. at least the pilots should be should be worked and how much rest they should be given. Because if if uh-huh. the pilots are overworked and not sufficiently rested that's that's actually a major safety risk because if for whatever oh sure because fatigue causes lapses in judgment and those lapses in judgment can get a lot of people killed so they have to be very careful about that sort of thing yeah well i I wish i wish those regulations were well i mean they are sort of in place but the culture uh doesn't go by them and that's what the video game industry pretty much is and they call it crunch time yeah specifically uh, where you know the closer a game is coming out to release, they have they go through crunch time where you start working you know eighty to hundred hour work weeks. I mean we just we spoke about I believe on the last cast with um, Telltale going down. Oh yeah, yeah. And they expected employees uh, along those lines. And uh, Rockstar themselves responded responded with industry keywords and phrases that. Uh, are being coined around, and I, I saw, I saw, I found this. Uh, Activision was saying the same thing. Um, EA, for example, uh, they, they coined it uh, dedication or passion of their workers, and and they care about you know creating, uh, create or uh, using their creativity, and you know I. Not to say that there aren't employees out there that love their jobs so much that they're willing to do that. But I guarantee you that a lot of people are just not... They're afraid to speak out. And I believe Rockstar had a term in place where employees couldn't speak out on social media about, you know, the game or how they're working on it or what they're working with. So they couldn't... They they basically were banned on social media for saying anything for a long time. So how do you guys feel about this in general? Now that we've kind of gone over the the facts here and what's been coming out, I would rather a game get delayed for later, as opposed mm-hmm. to these people like dying at their desk for you know obviously I'm being yeah I agree. But I don't care when a game comes out as long as it comes out it's good. If people if they came out and said hey we're gonna delay the game a little bit um, things just aren't ready gotta polish it I would have been fine with that. 
I got enough to play. Yeah. Like, I get that they're, they're got to get it out for holiday. Got to get it out for holiday. People need it for holiday. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we're kind of past that point where you could release a game at any time and people think, all right, I'm in. <laughs> I just feel like we're past we're past that, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I feel like if if they did if the companies weren't set in such a rush to get their games out, they could and took their time a little more. They could actually, in the end, create better games because if their pot if their employees are rested, then their quality of work will be much better. And oh yeah, there are tons of studies out there that prove that overwork produces less. Exactly. Period. Yeah, it's like yeah. N- nobody or not enough people seem, at least in the higher up positions of a lot of companies, don't they don't seem to know enough about or don't care enough about mental health. Now I I think I feel nowadays that's starting to change a little like mental health is becoming more and more of a a national uh social issue but it's at least in north america for sure i think canada is a little bit ahead uh, ahead of the game on the united states on a uh, on many issues i mean you guys just passed passed uh weed what like last week um yep. hearts hearts please hearts what no, no it was, they national weed's nationally legal in yep. Canada now. It's been legalized. Yeah, officially. So good for you guys. What you gonna do? Uh, with but all yeah, that like weed? when I was in when I was in Canada, my my working conditions were tremendously better. I was in fact phone called when I was starting to overwork by like even a couple hours a week. They're like, no, stop. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that that did affect how my American bosses started looking at the situation. Oh yeah. Like, oh boy, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think Japan is pretty behind the curve there as well. Japan's extremely behind the times, but uh, but Europe is way ahead of the the curve on a lot of issues. Oh yeah, so especially mental health, I noticed. Uh, uh, some countries are a little behind. Yeah, Pol- Europe in Pol- particular. Pol- <laughs> yeah, Poland is, as we saw with like, uh, I think it was CD Projekt Red. They they don't have as many restrictions on how long they can work their employees per week. At least that's what I. That's right. That did come out as well. Yeah, and that's why they're in Poland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Kevin. Just you know, if the game's got to be delayed, it's got to be delayed. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, do you think there's not going to be a fa- what a, a lot probably a thousand famous who aren't going to buy Monster Underworld because it came out in January, not December? Like, they're going to see it on the shelf if they want it. They want it, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did see it. Yeah. It, it came out in January and it sold. The piss out of everything. It's literally it the best-selling Capcom yeah. game of all time. Like, yeah, so I think it's fine. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, people tend to like. It's not like how it was in the nineties, where it was like, "When does the game come out?" I don't know. Oh, look, game out by now. Like, people know when these <laughs> things are coming out. They're gonna be like, "All right, I'm saving for that. I want that game." Like, oh yeah, more often than not, you know, back in the day, I would, you know, I would only know a game's coming out by like a magazine or the one time I went to the game store, you know, once a month, be like, okay, anything new out? I don't know. Oh my god, a new Twisted Metal Cow? When did that come out? Six months ago. Oh. (laughs) Exactly, like... Mom, I know what I want for Christmas. (laughs) Plus now, I feel like people do more research on games now, like they're watching their streamers, seeing if they like the game, see if it looks cool. You know? Yeah. So if a game comes yeah. out in the middle of summer when nothing else comes out, I feel like it actually is a better shot. 
Yeah. That's me. No, things are things are timed accordingly uh, now. A lot of games seem to come out in October now. Well, it's because they're trying to hit the the holiday. Like they're trying to get it out there a little before Black Friday, get the buzz around it, get a couple sales. Oh, Black Friday hits! What? It's twenty dollars off. Oh, what convenient timing! We didn't plan that at all. Buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I'm not. I haven't really bought any of the October games personally. Uh, like, well, I'll, I can wait thirty days. I'll get I'll get Red Dead <laughs> when I get Red Dead. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're all in the same mind. It's it's definitely. I don't think it's a a tricky topic at all. People are saying it's yeah. It's a it's an issue. I go no. It's a culture issue. The culture needs to change. Period. What does suck? Not suck, but it's just funny how the the founders of Rockstar. I forget their name. Dan, whatever his name is, Haddon, Hayden, mm-hmm. whatever. They never talk to the press, and the one time they talk to the press, they're like, "God damn it! This is why we don't <laughs> talk to the press, asshole." Yeah, well, they were bragging about the quote-unquote passion and, and dedication of their employees to work hundred-hour weeks. I'm very passionate about not. I was getting like, fired. okay, they can be they can be passionate. Go up to them and go go the fuck home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very passionate about not being fired, so I work hundred-hour weeks. Right, yeah. Yeah, I I like my job. I like eating. All right. Uh, Okay, so this this one, all right, that was was kind of the big news. Uh, PS4 name change update uh, is next. That's coming in 2019. May break your whole system. Supposedly, it's coming with possible negatives, such as losing save data and losing even purchases on the PlayStation Network. These purchases range from from in-game currency to outright DLC. Yep. But not the games themselves, so I'm cool. Right. The DLC part kind of scares me, for yeah. sure. Uh, so, And then the first name change will be free, and anything after that will run about $10. Yeah. Uh, give or take whatever currency you're in. So in Canada and Australia, it's going to be more. In the Europe, it's going to be like $9, so whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, The I mean, it well, it's not totally con- confirmed. That was kind of in the testing yeah. So hopefully it'll be fixed before it actually launches, and then we'll see. Cool. Uh, I hope to change my name personally. I've had that. I've had that PSN name for fucking since the start. So <laughs> <laughs> due for a change. I'm yeah. fine with mine. I, if it means losing my shit, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna risk losing my stuff for this. Like, yeah, yeah. If 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 that's a risk it's not worth it to me yeah. i mean it's just a name at the end of the day yeah for pass. sure it's not like I'm, it's not like i'm co- uh, it's not like my name is cocksucker 23 <laughs> oh, then who did i add <laughs> uh, okay oh, uh, no. xbox game pass will eventually be fully available on pc rather than the current limited play anywhere huh uh, that's cool i'm into that yeah why do, so why does the xbox PC, exist then... again yeah, I mean, if that happens, then why am I gonna buy? Why would I ever buy an Xbox? Yeah, for sure. Because they're putting all their games on Game Pass, anyways. At this point, why does Xbox exist? I don't mean it in a mean way. I'm just being serious. Like, just be, make Xbox a service, and like leave yeah. it at that. I think that's what they're transitioning into slowly but surely. Uh, they definitely are, but I'm just like, just, just yeah. bite the bullet. Just be like, we here at Xbox are no longer we are X service or whatever. Like. Fine, man. Whatever. Xbox service. That's what it'll be called eventually. Not because sure. like there's no box. Like I feel like that'd be like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be weird to be called like that. I don't know. Eh, it's like a. It's like it's like Redleaf. It's a brand. You know. <laughs> oh, we're a brand now. Oh, big shot. Fancy. We are. We are a brand. Yeah. Well, there's fucking four podcasts of it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> this was the most interesting one that I that I came across, and I did have a uh, a link from a Polygon article in the agenda here. Intellivision plans to come back with a new console called the Amico in uh, 2020. I yeah. thought we were done talking about Coleco Chameleons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's the Atari one that's coming out, and now Intellivision's coming out with one. Mm. And it's official in 2020, supposedly. Every game is said to be exclusive to the platform and costs less than $8 with no DLC or in-app purchases. You telling me I can't get DLC for B-17 Bomber? Well, eh. What the fuck is this? Uh, it's going to have a lot of, like, like the original Intellivision games, uh, some, a few Atari games. Um, there, was a, there was a list in the uh, Polygon article. So, it's ex- so every game's exclusive as we get Atari games for our exclusive Intellivision. Their, their kind of mission was they want games parents want to buy rather than what their kids want, which seems kind of opposite hey, to what the industry is. Have you heard of the Switch? No, <laughs> th- this screams ooya to me. Um, I'm I'm actually interested to see where it goes, if only because it's Tommy Tallarico at the helm here, because he's he's a huge name. Yeah, but like he's a music guy. Like I guess I don't maybe I don't know his portfolio enough. But I'm every time I see that I'm like, <laughs> what does he do in this scenario other than I make video game music? Yeah, he's he's a visionary. He loves the video game industry enough to make video games live. So I, I mean, I I, I guess I yeah. get it. I mean, oh I'm God, cautiously I'm optimistic. Like, I want, yeah. Well, they're not coming out to like what 2020? They said. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the mission can change once they you know realize maybe this isn't going to work. But the the um the one I was definitely behind was it comes with two controllers and it it has like an uh, a touchpad and and two buttons, right. um, kind of mimicking the the dial of the old in television controller. Which is kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> even if you don't have the controllers, you can download an app on your smartphone, and that would be the controller of the game. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, so that's kind of next-gen uh, moving along. Uh, but then that also brings up the question with me, like the uh, um, iPhone or Android touchpad on the screen, which I would not be behind at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Personally. Hmm. I know, Kevin. You 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 have a pretty strong opinion about about that little iPhone t- touchpad type stuff. I fucking hate touchscreens. <laughs> I want to get rid of them all. I hate touchscreens. They're just bad. Yeah. Except the Wii U so, tablet, yo, that what that thing was fire. Yeah. We should go back to resistive. Pretty, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting to say the least over what's what's happening in the industry and where everything's going. I haven't heard anything on Atari's end over their over their thing that's coming out. So. Oh yeah, what, what, and that's, what's the deal with that? Yeah, that's supposed to be spring next year, and sure. yeah, it's approaching quick. That, <laughs> yeah, that thing's definitely real, and it's totally coming out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> I'm pretty, I just, I'm pretty sour I just don't know it. anyone that, like, like Atari's got a name, I guess, because, like, at least you've seen the name on boxes of other games, like, even if they just published them, but, like, who, sure. the, who the hell cares about Intellivision? Wasn't that, like, the third place runner in, like, the generation of video games nobody really cared about? I think it was third place. Yeah, like, who the fuck... It was right behind Coleco. Like, I get people like ColecoVision, because, like, oh, it was more powerful than the Atari, ooh, but, like, who the hell was, like... Yeah, man, the Intellivision. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I was I was at a bar in uh, 
fuck, where was that? I was in a bar, bar in New Brunswick, and uh, they had a ColecoVision and television with a bunch of arcades that you could play. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, hey, man, grab a beer. We're going to play some fucking Intellivision. We're playing, like, a baseball game and trying to figure out the controls. Where's the Fairchild Channel F uh, classic? I, I, need, <laughs> I need that coming back. That's the one everyone's been looking for. Uh, I mean, there there are some fun games definitely on the Intellivision for sure. I mean, it would be nice if the console was successful. That 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 would be cool. Oh yeah. sure. I mean, I don't want anyone to fail, yeah. but if you're gonna make dumb ideas, yeah, the, I, I think this uh, every game will cost less than eight dollars kind of thing. That kind of scares me in in that little mission statement. Yeah. Sure. Oh, everything's downloadable too. There's no uh, no physical games. Uh, no. I That's what I heard last. It depends... No, it was, um... If you want to buy physical, it would come from the developer itself. Right, so nobody's gonna do that. That would be... And that would be, like, 20 to $30, it seems. Ain't nobody doing that. They, I gotta so, mail this? Pfft, I'll download it. I don't know. I, I, think, I think developers would like to do that, like a limited run type thing, but we'll see. Yeah, but think about it, like... The games are going to be 8 bucks. They're going to be... I heard they're all, like, 2D. Like, there's not really going to be much 3D gaming on it. So, like... How well, no, it's it's two, it's a 2D-only platformer. So then what... Or so 2D, how long, 2D-only game. How long can they take to download? Like, you're going to wait two weeks in the mail for this... For a fucking Intellivision game? Like... <laughs> I don't see it happening. So, which oh, means I mean, they're going to be giant I, on the resale market. I'm all over this shit. You want to get in on it? It has potential, like anything else. We'll see. We'll see if it executes at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 More. All right. Well, let's get to our theme. Right. Right. Quick. Yeah. And I got. I got a new drop just for today. Hooray! What's the drop? Okay. And that was the Castlevania drop. Hooray! Awesome. Yay. Fun stuff. Yay. <clears throat> Spider-Man. So, Colin, take us into our spooky horror games. All right. First game on the list is Resident Evil 3 Nemesis for the PS1. Although also for the Dreamcast and GameCube, it seems. Now, this was developed and published by Capcom and released in September 22nd of 1999. Did I say? Damn right. Did I say September or December? September. Okay. Old. On the PlayStation. Ported later to the Dreamcast and yep. whatnot. Yep, yep. Yep. Now, I enjoyed this one. It's one I've been meaning to play for a really long time. But just never. Me too, actually. Just n- this is like one of the few Resident Evil games I haven't played. Yeah, it's. I just know a lot of people. It's a big standout for a lot of people because of Nemesis himself. He's just such an unstoppable force, similar to. He's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I would say similar to Pyramid Head, but uh, I feel like Nemesis is more directly involved in your actions than Pyramid Head was, because Pyramid Head just kind of oh, stalks you. That is a good comparison. Pyramid Head just kind of stalks you, whereas Nemesis actively tries to kill you. And he's very left-handed. Yeah. (laughs) Constantly carrying a rocket launcher. And knows only one word. Stars. Stars. (laughs) Yeah. 
Now, the game stars Jill Valentine from the first game. And showing up very different from how she was in the first game, where she, where she was in full uniform, but here, got a much nicer outfit. Yeah, she's got a sexy blue two-top on. Yeah. I like how you broke yeah, that in the, in the notes, by the way. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, how could I not put that in there? Make it's very sure. noticeable. Kevin is very noticeable when you're a woman in... A zombie-ridden city, and she's carrying her, she's carrying herself around in a mini skirt. And a I'm sorry, she doesn't want to be objectified by what she's wearing. Okay. <laughs> no, no, she, she still kicks ass. She's a strong, sure. independent woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> now, may she's got polygons for days. <laughs> <laughs> Who wore it better? Who got it better, Lara Croft, PS One, or Joe Valentine? Ooh. Uh, Lara Croft had a tank top. <laughs> this is a full-on tube top. Let's just talk about the triangle titties. <laughs> now, may I just say this game has uh, kind of a pretentious opening. It's just Jill. Ra- okay, go on. It's just Jill rambling on about how no one stood up to Umbrella and are now reaping the rewards and bloody bloody bah. Can we get to killing zombies now? <laughs> you know, now that you bring it up. Didn't nobody know about Umbrella until, like, the fourth game or something? Uh, until the third game, apparently. <laughs> well, it's like Raccoon City is owned by Umbrella, but nobody knew how truly corrupt they were until the zombie outbreak in there, starting in Resident Evil 2. And that's the other, right. that's the so other thing. Right, so it wasn't until... At least no one in no one in the canon of or the characters of three knew Umbrella was causing anything. Yeah, because this is like right after the first game in the timeline and takes place around the same time as Resident Evil Two. Yeah, it was like congruent days. Like um, this was the day before, and then when you get like halfway through, a day passed, so you were. You were kind of splitting the days in between two and three. I don't know. It, it, this is definitely where the story gets gets really convoluted and weird. Yeah. <laughs> Although this game is more action oriented, as you said in the uh, in the agenda. It, yeah. I mean, it has a kind of the same play style as the first two games, but it, mm-hmm. more fast paced and more about killing the zombies than solving puzzles. Yeah, it's extremely... I, I noticed that that was the thing that stood out to me immediately was uh, you have that run mechanic. Yeah. And then you have a dodge mechanic uh, to go with it because also the zombies move like three times faster than all the other games. So you can't do the whole Resident Evil cheese it where you where you um, conserve your inventory items by running around the zombies, you know, uh, as opposed to in this one, where it kind of wants you to kill them throughout the game. Yeah. But then you still have that issue with running out of ammo a lot of the time, so you have to pick and choose what enemies you want to kill. So it's kind of a lear- that's the learning process I had to go through at least. Yeah, I think you were playing on hard mode because I played on easy just to like get through it more quickly, but I feel like it was a bit too easy at that point because mm, st- I was still kind of struggling on easy mode. I didn't play it on hard. Oh yeah. Hmm. I just rem- yeah no I, w- I, j- I just wanted to go through the game. Um, it's like when I think on easy mode, it has a ran. I believe it randomizes 
the zombies and the damage they do. Because I noticed sometimes if a zombie bit me, I would I would be totally fine. And then uh, other times I would take like two hits and then be immediately in the caution. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I didn't play on hard mode, so I don't know if that's that carries over. It's just something I I noticed. Uh, yeah, I just maybe that maybe that's it goes with the easy mode. I just remember starting off with pretty much all the guns. It was like the shotgun, the handgun, the magnum. They're all in. Uh, no, you just get those early. You just get those early in this game. I, I remember the the very first uh, storage thing that I came across next to the save typewriter had all those guns and their ammo in it. That seems oh. a little cheap. Yeah. Maybe I did pick hard mode then. Possibly. Oh. No, because I found the shotgun like in an alley or some shit. Uh, yeah. Like at the start of the game. Yeah, I remember, so I remember easy seeing those like guns. A necessity then. Yeah. It seems that way. Yeah, yeah, why but... wouldn't I do that? Even on yeah. even on easy mode, Nemesis is a major force to be reckoned with. I remember. Oh yeah, I, d- I didn't I didn't try to fight him. I well I tried to fight him the first time and I died like four times in a row easily. Yeah. Just having a tough time dodging him. He's got that sprint attack that I'm like fuck. Yeah. How do you dodge that? Can't even can't <laughs> even get your gun up in time to shoot him. No, so I you know after the fourth try I just went you know what I got to go in and that's that's a cool thing in the game because it has that like. Uh, black and white filter yeah going and it makes you pick and choose to fight them or not and apparently that affects the ending of the game oh which yeah is pretty cool yeah i remember being scared when nemesis busts into the police station after you barricade him out and then when he starts chasing oh you, yeah he starts chasing you at such high speed it gets even more intense I mean, seriously, Usain Bolt got nothing on Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't it the... I think it was the third encounter with him when he starts shooting the rocket launcher at you, and I was like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. You're I, mean, I remember taking it to the face and then be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah, I, w- I, was, I was running away from him, and all of a sudden this like missile goes right by me and hits the wall. I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> I turn around, he just blasts me in the face too. It was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> as a rocket launcher. Yeah. Okay, noted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want to stay the hell away from him? What do you guys think of the like the gunpowder system? Because nope, it fe- it featured an ammunition creative uh, creation system with the gunpowder. You have gunpowder A, B, and C, nope. and different combinations will give you different types of ammunition, whether it frees ammo or whatever thought that was interesting i just didn't really care for it yeah no, i didn't really personally i didn't really use it all that much of course i was still the only early thing I in, needed the game. in my resident evil i mean mm-hmm. it's i guess they wanted to do something similar to like the herb combining mechanic yeah but that was but, simple like, yeah that was like green yellow got it and then like i don't know i didn't i don't need more complexity in my resident evil those puzzles are already like up the ass yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The puzzles, the puzzles suck. Then they still suck. Now uh, they're kind of weird. You know, they, it's a Resident Evil puzzle. They're they're not as bad as Silent Hill. That's for sure. Oh, I noticed yeah. that about this game. The Silent Hill ones are so cryptic and ridiculous. Oh yeah. This is just this is just go get a gem. Okay, go get the other gem. Go put it in the slot. All right. Um. So they're not like totally convoluted in this one, but they're just kind of 
irritating and don't make sense. Mm. It's just a puzzle for the sake of a puzzle to yeah. me. Yeah. Kevin, what do you think about RE3 here? Uh, I, I really get lost on Resident Evil games before 4. They kind of lose my interest if I don't... I, I, I will say I didn't give it the time of day, really, because I was just like, I don't want to mm. do this right now. I just played 2, and I'm like, I don't like the... I don't like the controls. I don't like these. Like, I feel like I need to play all the old Resident Evils with a guide, and I hate it. Like, I don't want to have a. They did switch the controls up in this one a little bit. Yeah, but like, it was just I don't know. Compared it, it, to two, it don't age well for me. I'm like, whatever. I get it. Game's okay, I guess. I just. I oh, I love pre-rendered background games. I yeah. said that. Like, it, like the graphically, I think it's fine. I think it looks creepy. It's just like, I just want to play a better game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad, it's just it doesn't age well. I thought it aged pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the pre-rendered background games usually age pretty well. I mean, I'm not sure why they kept the tank controls in this game. Because scary. Other than because it's Resident Evil still. Yeah. It seemed like the type of game that could have used without it. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did I want to say? The music set a good, good little atmosphere. Yeah. For sure. Especially when Nemesis would show up, the little rock type music would do 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 Yeah. Would kick immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Tight. I gave it a pass. Uh, oh, uh, I, I like the map system. It, even though the game did feel pretty linear for the most part, I mean, the backtracking didn't take long at all. It would only, only ever be a couple screens ago that I'd have to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah did you I feel agree. that way, Colin? Yeah, I'd, I'd say about the same. It's, uh, yeah, sometimes I think, I remember one moment, if you hadn't gotten, like, the the lighter fluid from, like, the bar or some such thing, and then got the lighter later, you wouldn't be able to combine it into said lighter to to light up some rope holding a door closed. Yeah. But that, that, they were, that stuff was pretty close together, so I don't think it would have been a huge hassle to take care of. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, I really like Nemesis. He is a, is a force to be reckoned with. He's got to be one of the coolest uh, game antagonists I've ever experienced, for sure. Absolutely, he's definitely going to be up there. He's cool. Uh, I like him. Yeah, he's he's he's. I love his design. Yeah, badass. And he was pretty cool, even in the Resident Evil Apocalypse movie. A lot of people shit on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean the the movies are pretty cheesy yeah. for the most part, but they definitely they definitely made Nemesis pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of people shit on Apocalypse, but I have kind of a soft spot for it. I I just and not just because it was filmed in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Liar! <laughs> Screw you, man. Now, if you go into those movies and just expect total cheese, then then I think you I think you can enjoy them yeah. for what they are. Yeah. They do, they do get pretty ridiculous in the story, just like the Resident Evil games. <laughs> <laughs> so. No argument there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the game the game's really cheap. You can get it on the PlayStation for ten bucks. You can you can get the ports, which are, you know, they vary. Uh, I think the GameCube one's a little bit better than the Dreamcast one, but the Dreamcast one was able to up the graphics a little bit, at least upscale it. Uh, those goes for twenty dollars. Also, oh, yeah. good luck finding that GameCube one. It's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard, but it's still like twenty dollars. Yeah, I remember as a kid yeah. always seeing it on the shelf at Blockbuster and kind of waffling between whether or not I wanted to rent it or not. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I've been putting off getting this game and playing this game for just decades. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so this doing covering it on the podcast was was pretty cool. I finally uh, I finally spent the ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it was well worth it. I, de- I definitely um, I think I played about half the game, and I'm definitely gonna finish it. It's it, it definitely got really hard around that halfway point. I got I got stuck pretty bad. Oh yeah. Uh, so, all right, it gets a pass from me. Yeah, I gave it a pass too. Kevin, meh, meh, Mister, Mister, I don't like games. No, it said that. Like, here's I, I've said it before. When we talked about horror games, and this this applies to this whole podcast. I like the concept of horror games. I really do. But the problem is, they all okay. are just slow and like unnecessary puzzles instead of just being scary. Like puzzles don't equal scary. Hmm. It, it, like here, just a side tangent I'm playing The Evil Within right now this is my favorite horror game of all time it's scary shit but like I, I don't have to go huh this red jewel goes in the staircase which like fucking stupid puzzles I don't need that just be scary shit Let, just do that part you know we'll, we'll definitely get to uh, a game later on the list that scared the piss out of me personally but I get I get what you're saying you you don't want it to be too slow uh, yeah it's, it's funny a lot of people like the evil within and that's that's one of the ones I don't like <laughs> well the, the thing is about that I heard either people like I think it's just so action oriented yeah. and it doesn't get going until like six hours in the game like, I heard fuck. some people either <laughs> love the first one or they love the second one and then they hate the opposite so like yeah. it's it's a weird series but I fucking Alrighty. like this game which is really hard uh, next game, Colin. So, All right, another one you picked here. Next game is Clock Tower on the Super Nintendo or Super Famicom, really, because this mm-hmm. is like a Japan-only release. But there are fan translations out Indeed. there. Now, it was developed and published by Human Entertainment in ni- Human Entertainment. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> all saying it like that? Uh, in nineteen ninety-five. And released on the Super Famicom exclusively in Japan. Now, this is a point-and-click adventure through a spooky mansion. And it is a spooky mansion. Absolutely. This game set sets its horror atmosphere up really well from the beginning. Basically, you're... You are... Is her name Jennifer? I can't quite remember. Her name is Jennifer. Yes. Orphan Jennifer, yeah. as, I was, as I was calling her. I did stream... Um, like, yeah, I streamed mo- me playing this game. Yeah, I saw a bit of from it from start to finish and learning everything. And then I, I had to uh, beat it off off screen because I, I went to uh, went to bowling. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got I was like fuck. I, I got totally stuck um, at a point in the game where Jennifer just kept dying. There was no way to there was no way to save her. So I had to restart the whole game from the beginning. That is uh, awful. Well, I mean, once you figure everything out and what you need to do in the different orders, you can beat the game in an hour. Oh. Yeah, that's so true. So it wasn't... Yeah, as soon as I got back from bowling, I was like, all right, this is. I think this is exactly what I need to do. I just popped it in, I played it an hour, and I and I beat it. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even the opening menu has a really good horror atmosphere. It starts with a clock striking 12 in the dark background, and then you hear it chime twice, and then with each successive chime a letter of the title appears and continues until the whole title is there. And that, I felt, was very chilling in a good way. Yeah, I like that as well. 
course, one thing is that this game does require a lot of patience because your character moves pretty slowly. And while you have the... Oh, you can make her run. Yeah, but it consumes stamina. She just does not run fast. And you'll you'll need it if you unexpectedly run into the main villain, the Scissor Man. One of the... Bobby! One (laughs) one of the original unstoppable enemy constantly stalking you characters, like Pyramid Head or Nemesis or SAX from Metroid Fusion. (laughs) That's actually... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And I I really like the, the music in this game. It's like... Very, feels very horror esque, especially when you unexpectedly run into the Scissor Man. It's like <laughs> you gotta run, run like hell, and then find a place to hide. And then even when he's off screen, you'll hear <laughs> with him just like opening and closing his giant pair of scissors the whole time. You're like, where is he? Where is he? Run! Yeah, there's certain places and rooms he just pops in and. And you have to you have to be ready for him. Yeah. Basically, any room you go in, you have to go in with the expectation he's just going to pop up out of nowhere. I was going to say pretty much every room he comes up in. Uh, no, actually, he only comes up in like four rooms in the game, and there and it's a large mansion that you go through. Why yeah. do you feel like every room had a potential for him to come out in? Is that mansion because just because the game makes you feel like he's going to pop up like that? Yeah, I feel like that mansion's just smaller than like. Than what they make it seem like, maybe. Uh, it does loop. Uh, to make like, okay, um, when you're first going through the mansion, it feels big, for sure. Yeah. But as soon as you unlock a few doors, then you unlock shortcuts, and then the mansion gets really small in that feeling because then you know where everything is. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool little loop mechanic that they got, that they got going there. Yeah. Program and there, yeah. were, there were a few moments that really genuinely scared the crap out of me. Like, there was there's this one mirror in, like, the bedroom. I mean, I saw you playing JD, and for whatever reason, Jennifer just flips her hair. But when I played it and examined the mirror, a hand pops out and strangles you. And then you fall nice. down dead. And you get, like, the... the oh, really? The scary, That's really cool. Get the scary <laughs> music strike. And I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a lot of instances in the game by whatever order you do certain things in, different things will happen. So, for example, uh, there's a secret room that you find. Yeah. And if you let's see if I can get this if I if I can remember this correctly, uh, my first time finding the room, there was nothing in it at all. Oh yeah. Right. And I go, that can't be right. You know, why would a secret room have nothing in it? And as it turns out, if you don't trigger one of your friends being thrown out the window, uh, or you hear or, or you hear a scream, and you ch- choose not to look out the window, uh, that will trigger the secret room to having a... And I found this out later when I, um, when I beat the game the proper way. Yeah. That that then that secret room will have Jennifer's father's corpse inside it with oh. a note. Oh shit. And there's and there's uh writing on the wall in blood. Oh man. F- when I got to that part the uh the first time through um because I I tried to I tried to t- 
tomfoolery the game, essentially, where I went straight out outside, and that's when you see Jen one of Jennifer's orphan friends get, get thrown out the window, land in the pool, and she watches her drown in front of her, and then Scissor Man just pops up uh, from the pool. And I was like, oh, shit. So the game kind of knew that you were trying to cheese it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. trying to get to this point early. And that caused the, the that caused that later uh, secret room to have nothing in it, and that uh, and if you miss that, then that triggers Jennifer to not uh, distrust the owner of the mansion. Oh yeah. So when I got to the end of the game, the owner, you know, she still she doesn't have evidence to distrust the owner of the mansion or anything. She just thinks spooky shits happening. There's a scissor guy. So she goes up to her and she's like, "Save me!" And then she gets stabbed in the back. Oh shit! And she dies. And that's that's how that that playthrough ends. Because then you're stuck. Because if you go in the elevator and you want to go to the uh, the third floor of the clock tower, you can't exit the elevator. Scissor Man just kills you in the elevator every time. Oh jeez. So there's no there's no escaping that point. Uh, but it, so I had to replay it, and that's that's how that went down. So there's a lot of things like that that happen in the game, which are which are really cool. Two things that I never figured out what to do in the game was there was a rope. Never figured out how to use that. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know what that's for exactly. And then there was a shiny object in the library that was kind of in the wall. Never figured out how to, how to get that. Oh, yeah. So that was... Uh, so there's a few things in the game I couldn't I couldn't figure out. But <clears throat> how far did you get in this, in this column? Because, yeah, it, it did take... A little while to get going and then once I figured out like what where each room was then the game just starts flying by because then you f start figuring it out yeah I didn't get very far in it because on my uh, the emulator I used it was only the Japanese version so I kept having to go back and forth see what the English translation said and then oh. just so I didn't have really much time to really go in depth with the game but okay I remember seeing yeah I, I I went the, I went the extra mile and got a translation cart myself for twenty bucks. Which yeah, was yeah. nice. Yeah, I probably could have found like a translated version to play online at some point, but I didn't really. Oh sure. Didn't really have enough time in the night, but but I I still enjoyed what I got. I mean, the graphics are fantastic. They're very detailed, very well done. The character animations convey a lot, and of course, given it's like point-and-click adventure, fixed camera, that's pretty easy to do. Not a lot of things happening on screen at one time. Right. But it's also got really good sound design. It's like, most of the time there's no music, it's just your own footsteps. And that... Yeah, it reminded me of uh, D, which we played on the uh, the Unknown Possibly Terrible Horror Games episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, it reminded In me... That sense. reminded me of Silent Hill, because that also had very little music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The only music I believe that came up was at the end of the game, or whenever Scissor Man would show up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I... Yeah. My first time playthrough, the only hiding place I ever found was the bedroom. So anytime he came up, I had to run all the way back to the bedroom. That's oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was playing the hour through. Uh, I looked up. There's got. I had to look it up. I go. There's got to be other places so you can like push a bookshelf over. There was a lot of places where they were one-time only escapes, but the be hiding underneath the bed, as long as you cover the parrot with the sheets so he won't like let him let you know that let Scissor Man know that you're there. 
uh, that was kind of that's always the go-to place. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the only hiding place I knew about was on the second floor where you like climb over. Either, it's either a cabinet or a locker thing. Climb over that and hide behind that, and then Scissor Man comes in, looks around, starts walking out, then turns around and looks again, and then walks out again. Oh yeah, where you get the black cloak. I'm not sure about getting that object, but I yeah, you get the black uh, you get the black cloak from behind the bookshelf in the uh, in the attic or whatever it was in the storage room. That's what it was, the storage room. Huh, interesting. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's got you know it's it's your typical uh, typical horror thing where you're in a mansion and then you discover the dark secrets of the mansion and you yeah. go in the basement and there's all the dark secret stuff ah yeah <laughs> yeah resident evil did that too yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of horror things do that so yeah. i'm sensing patterns huh <laughs> yeah yeah i give this one a pass i definitely pass this one as well um even if it wasn't a point-and-click adventure, you would just be moving left and right anyways. Yeah. And just going up the thing. So it didn't feel feel like a point-and-click adventure. Yeah, it did. True, truly. Disagree. Huh. <laughs> That's why I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I you also said you played it for like three minutes. Yeah, I did, because I was like, why is this a point-and-click? Like, this ruined it for me. <laughs> now, question. Does anyone know if it's Super Nintendo Mouse compatible? Oh, I don't know. That's worth looking up. Because I do that. I might be able to play it that way and like bear with it, but fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, that's funny. I have a Super Nintendo mouse, mm. and I didn't try that. Is Clock Tower? Because that would actually make the game like somewhat like okay, I can deal with this, I guess. But I don't have Super one. Super Nintendo. Mouse. Compatible. 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 Uh, oh, there there we go. Someone else has asked the question back in 2011. <sighs> but they got no answers. They're like, what are you playing this for, nerd? <laughs> um, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. Give me the good news, Jade. Jade is your short for JD. Hmm. It is now. Hmm. List of compatible games. Son of a bitch. Is it only going to really... Oh. Bummer. Lemmings is. Game's bad. (laughs) Game's bad now. (laughs) Although I never never felt like... uh, That would have been cool if that was compatible, but anyways... Uh, the game is expensive. It goes for about forty dollars. There's a PlayStation um, kind of remastered port oh, the- of the Famicom version. The Famicom version is forty dollars, uh, but yeah, I recommend a translation cart, um, Etsy or eBay or what have you. They 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 go for about twenty bucks. So it gets a definite pass for me. I, I love the hell out of this game. Um, now I'm very curious about Clock Tower Two because that's the only Clock Tower I haven't played at this point now. Because I, I have a funny love for Clock Tower 3, as cheesy as it is. They're all, they're it all did scare cheesy. It did scare the shit out of me and my friends in junior high. <laughs> Let me tell you, Clock Tower 2, a little cheesy as well. 
just a wee bit. Look at that cover. I remember. I remember window. reading it in, 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 uh, in. I think it was a PlayStation Underground magazine I had, and I was like, "Oh, that looks interesting." <laughs> Let me tell you. Just look at the cover, and you'll know everything you need to know about Clock Tower Two. So, all right, <clears throat> my turn for the two picks. All right, my two picks. Yeah. Yay. So uh, the first one, I went a little went a little offshoot. It is a. It is called Master of Darkness for the Sega Master System. As I'm about to sneeze. Oh. It is a. Uh, it was developed by Sims, an offshoot company of Sega, published by Sega. It came out in the EU in Europe in May 1993. Yes, it is a Europe exclusive, but it will work on your like many European only releases. It will work on your North American Sega Master System if you have one. Mm-hmm. Um, just some sound cues are off every now and again. Not a big deal. Because uh, it's made for PAL TVs. Alright, so it's a side-scrolling action platformer exactly like Castlevania. Hell yeah, it <laughs> is. And doc- Almost down to the music. This, and this Dr. Game Jekyll is and Mr. Hyde. This is Sega's Castlevania. Like, 100%. Segavania. It's Segavania. It's Castlevania meets Dr. Jekyll uh, and Mr. Hyde for the NES. Uh, ooh. well, I mean, yeah, it, it it does have a Sherlock Holmes type character. It has a cane as, as kind of a weapon. Yeah, um, but it had a bunch of weapons. But yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of weapons interchangeable. That was a that was a big thing in the game. It has a Dracula kind of story where Doctor Ferdinand Social is your main character, and he vest- investigates murders happening in London. And he finds out that Jack the Ripper is using these murders and bodies as sacrificial offerings to an evil scientist count named Masson. See, I'm, I'm happy he just knew, like, oh, he's clearly sacrificing these people, obviously. I don't know who he is. What are you guys looking at me for like that? Well, he's had, you know, he's done the investigation stuffs. Yeah. No big deal. Certainly this AKA man. AKA playing with his Ouija board. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was funny. He got everything from a Ouija board, which was so 90s. <laughs> who trusts this guy? This guy talking to a Ouija board says, uh... Stephanie, uh, this is not a good sign, guys. The Ouija board saying that mansion place is evil, and be careful because Jack the Ripper and Dracula stuff. It's like, all right, yeah, we should, <laughs> we should trust him. But yeah, if you've played Castlevania, it's it's a left or right platformer. It's got some uh, up and down movements on stairs, going screen to screen. You know, you got your bad enemies, your skeleton enemies, and what have you. Uh, your, your I really HUD is the same. Uh, excuse me, Kevin. The HUD is even the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like every. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It is. Pretty much. You go through. F- you go through five levels. I believe there's uh, or five stages, and you have um, like three levels to each st- stage. I believe they call them rounds in this game. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. 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 Uh, I found the uh, so the game takes you to five areas, each ending with a boss battle. You have Jack the Ripper. You have a House of Wax spirit possessed by, like, a skull of, of some shit. You go through a ce- cemetery, an evil lab, and then you are teleported to Dracula's Labyrinth in Tras- uh, uh, Transylvania. Which I found pretty funny. You just get <laughs> teleported. <laughs> I did beat this game. It's very easy. I did find it very easy. Uh, so it's a easy version of Castlevania. Yeah, uh, I got- yeah there's no knockback damage, so that was... Very nice. 
and uh, there's a lot of frequent health pickups you find significantly easily throughout the game. Uh, I found the first two levels very linear, while the third one is a mix between the linear and kind of a Metroidvania thing where you gotta find your way out through like a labyrinth, and then four and five require finding a dumb secret exit, which I had to look up while I was playing it. <laughs> yeah. That was probably my most hated part in the game, was I was like, where the fuck do I go? And I'm just hitting walls, and then I look it up, and I was like, oh, it was that wall over there that you didn't really know where to go. You, you gotta kind of fudge, fudge the game. So I didn't like that at all. That was a big negative um, in that sense. Uh, I did like the interchanging weapons. You know, you have a melee weapon uh, where that can upgrade, and then you have a projectile weapon. You know, be it a bomb, a boomerang, or like a drill spike or something, which you get very late in the game. And that was cool. That's powerful as fuck. Uh, but as I learned, um, it's not like Ghouls and Ghosts, where get the knife is, like, your your primary thing. If you get the knife in this game, you're basically fucked. Because that thing, that thing is shitty, it has no range, and it does, like, no damage. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's the best weapon. Chocolate. God damn. Best weapon 10 out of 10. But I never had any issue with any other weapon other than the knife. So, avoid the knife at all costs, and then everything else seemed to work. The axe was very powerful, but it had kind of a limited range, so I didn't really use that too often. Um, I just kept switching between the cane and the, uh, you get like a, a rapier sword, yeah. which kind of just pokes straight out. Uh, yeah. So, it was basically just those two. What'd you guys think of this sucker? After you, Kyle? <laughs> Did oh, not fuck like. you. Did not like this one. It's just, I, love this. I don't know, it just wasn't boring. It was just boring. It was like. There's not much variety to the enemies, not much to sink your teeth into as far as environments and story. It's basically just inferior clone of Castlevania. It's just, I don't know, I, I didn't get past the second stage on this one. I just did not have the energy for it. Those, oh, that's fair. Those damn bats were the most annoying part of the game. They fly around in circles, have unpredictable patterns, and are really hard to hit. Sounds like oh, you didn't even get to, like, the giant hawk eagles uh, on level 4. Those sucked dick. Oh, yeah. They do so much damage, and they, they, they're they hard to hit, too. At least the bats were fairly easy to hit. You just use, you know, a boomerang or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but the, the hawk eagle things, they, they suck. They were later. They're huge, too. <laughs> you still can't hit those fuckers. Oh, uh, yeah. And as far as the game's opening is concerned... They say, on the full moon, the vampires come out. It's like, no, it's werewolves that come out on the full moon. Vampires can come out any night they want. What the hell were the writers smoking? There's no lore when it comes to horror. Let's be real. Well, Sometimes no zombies lore, are super strong. Sometimes zombies can't even open a door. Sometimes zombies can fucking That's lift right. semi-trucks. <laughs> and sometimes vampires don't burn up in the sunlight. Sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes. I was, I was yeah, just going to say... Sometimes Blade is cool. Sometimes now I can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what'd you think of this, Kevin? This was like one of the games I liked. Because it wasn't slow. It wasn't boring, to me at least. I, I get how you can see it was, but like... It was just Castlevania. 
That's all it was. I just, I honestly, I just looked at this game as like if Castlevania had a spinoff game. And I, when I looked at it, I was like, okay, this is like, it, like if Castlevania One specifically had a side story, because it was kind of, it was kind of archaic in some ways to me. But I really liked the House of Wax level. I thought that was cool. I didn't get that far because I died. But tell me, about it. <laughs> it's level two. Yeah, I know what I said. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah, the I, House of Wax level is pretty cool because you had you had a bunch of uh, wax figures in there, and they would come to life uh, as you walk past them, and you'd trigger them. They'd they'd come at you. Uh, there was uh, moving sp- uh, spirited chairs and tables that would come at you. That was cool. What got weird, and this is this is where I definitely agree with you, Colin, where the enemy variety uh, totally lacked in the game. When you get to like level. Uh, almost at the end of level 3 and 4, the wax figures come out, and I go, they don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. And then you notice that the only ones that come to life were the same wax figures. It was always the female bride kind of character. You're like, alright, she'll come to life. I'm ready for her. That's why the game got real easy. Yeah. Like, there was no variety to that. Uh, the backgrounds of the level were... They were okay. Um, again, I think the... The House of Wax, like, definitely stood out, because everything made sense there. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, the backgrounds of each level did make sense. There just wasn't... It, there, they didn't look unique enough. It was it, Everything looked too blocky yeah, a lot of the time. I can agree with that. Oh, yeah. So I, I think it was a lot of missed opportunities. I wonder if this game was rushed. Possibly. I, well, yeah, I feel like they were trying to, like, do something to catch yeah. up with NES, and, like... Kind of put out something like Castlevania's popular guys. We got I got something right here. And uh, note to what you said. You said this was a uh, not a release in North America. Correct. You're fucking wrong because it's on the Game Gear. Well, it came out on the Game Gear, and but it's, it's a much different game. Dude, it's the same game. Not really. It, it has a lot of the same parts of it. I played it. I think it came out like a year later too, didn't it? I played it. It was good. It's talk. a lot more. I can imagine it being a lot more cramped. It, def- it definitely sure. is. I actually played on 3DS of all things too. So, okay, it's good enough. I recommend playing that one because I, I don't know. I thought the game was serviceable. How's that for a word? It was. It's good. I. I quite. I. I think this is a a good game to have for your Master System collection for sure. And it runs about $25, depending on where you get it. I, I mean, I've seen it go as high as 60 at times. <clears throat> yeah. But for like a $20, $20, $30 game, I'd say, yeah, go for it. I disagree. Oh. Fail. Colin, God damn it. I swear to God. Colin, Colin, no like. Hey, you don't like Kingdom Hearts right. too, so now we're even. I don't like Kingdom Hearts, period. <laughs> well, more so. All the better. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. So, my second pick was Fatal Frame on the PS2. Oh, it yeah. also came out on the Xbox, also known as Project Zero in Europe, uh, which was the working title, an original title for the game, but they ended up changing it. So, developed and published by Tecmo. Came out Japan, December 13th, 2001. North America, March 4th, 2002. Europe, August 30th, 2002. So, one of the newer games on our list, for sure. Uh, 
game was actually a commercial failure in Japan, while a raging success in the rest of the world. That's weird. Interesting. And, um, and then the uh, developers and reviewers say it was probably attributed to uh, the Ring because it came out pretty much around that same time. Oh yeah. And there's a lot of you know I could definitely see a lot of the comparisons to that. Yeah. That actually sure. that actually really reminds me of the game 999. That was a flop in Japan, but everywhere else it was a major success. Yeah. Very very interesting uh, for sure. Because it only sold like twenty two thousand units in in Japan, and then just wow. like millions upon millions in. <laughs> the rest of the world. Yeah. And usually weird. usually these games are the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think this sort of game would be a huge success in Japan, but Oh, absolutely, yeah. Was, I found that kind of interesting. So uh the game has a heavy concept on atmosphere and color. You know, a lot of black, white, and red going on in the game. Yeah. Uh it's set within an abandoned Japanese mansion. Of course. Uh, divided into Yep, naturally, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just like Clock Tower. Uh-huh. Uh, it's divided into four chapters and a prologue, which acts as uh, like a tutorial level, uh, respectively. Um, that one goes by pretty quick, within like ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, and the chapters are super fucking long. Like, each chapter will take you like an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. So you'll get, like, you'll get about seven, eight hours out of the game mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. with those chapters. Uh each level is rendered in real time instead of using pre-rendered backgrounds. Uh, so big system upgrade using this PS2. You can definitely see that immediately. Yeah. Um. So the whole the whole concept of this game is you're you're this uh you're the small little Japanese girl uh, schoolgirl who has kind of the psychic power where she can sort of kind of see ghosts and and touch items and kind of see the see that see its past. Uh. And the game starts out where you're this uh, you're this brother, and he goes to this mansion, and you're walking around, and he's got a camera, and the camera, can, when you look through the camera, you can see ghosts, and if you take a picture of the ghost of the camera, you hurt them, and it, they'll eventually like kill them and make their spirit pass on, and these ghosts are generally hostile, and they'll they'll kill they'll try and kill you, or at least attack you, give you nice nice big hugs. That's <laughs> what it looks like. <clears throat> Do they slime you? And the uh, the ghost disappears, and the sister goes to find him at the mansion that he left a note for. And uh, she she's imme- she does find the camera on the ground, sees that her brother was kind of taken and missing, don't know what happened to him. And this whole first chapter is, uh, as far as I could tell, these chapters are based off of old Japanese like folklore le- legends. So this first one, for example... Um, focused around uh, the rope-tied woman. Yeah. So it's like this uh, sacrificial uh, offering where a woman will get tied up with ropes and then her she'll be strangled and whatnot. Kind of like a uh, stigmata type thing going on, but with ropes. Weird. And you just you basically just go around this mansion um, the whole time uh, trying to open doors and you keep looping around uh, and uh, you're stalked by ghosts. Uh, in certain rooms, and you use the camera, and god damn, the atmosphere just scares the piss out of me oh, for the whole sure. time. Like, you walk down a hallway, then all of a sudden you hear, you're like, fuck, what was that? Where'd it go? And then sometimes it may be nothing. And then other times you'll see a ghost like go in the corner of a room, and you're just like, do I, is that a hostile one? Is it a good one? Sometimes you'll see a ghost that's just like pointing at something, 
And then you're just like, okay, I yes, trust I'll go, you. I'll go where it's pointing. <laughs> what 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 could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, what could possibly go wrong? And like the game will hint at you uh, with certain items. Like you have film that you can pick up, and certain films stronger than others. So uh, I attributed it to to getting such as shotgun shells and rocket launcher shells, but with camera film. Yeah. that's your ammo. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, before I keep going on, what did you guys think of Fatal Frame? I really liked it. Like you said, JD, the, the horror atmosphere is done very well. Like, I remember, like, sometimes when you're close to, like, a secret or something, you can actually feel, like, a heartbeat in your controller vibration, which was mm-hmm. a very good touch. Yeah, it's the character's sixth sense. That's what they called it. Yeah. And on top of that, it, it'll show you... We, It'll say there's either a spiritual secret nearby or if there's a hostile ghost mm-hmm. nearby. And it has tank controls, but they're much easier to use here than in Fear Effect. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good example for sure. Uh, I think that, that has a lot to do with the whole real-time aspect of the game being on the PS2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like with Clock Tower, there's... Little to no music most of the time. It's just your footsteps most of it. Yeah, it just makes me fucking uncomfortable the whole time because there, there's just... Well, the music is more like this eerie kind of spooky... Uh, what do they call it? Like white noise sounds yep. yeah, like the whole time? Ambience? Yeah, ambient. It's like an ambient sound throughout the entire game. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And I, I actually do find it the the mechanic of defeating ghosts with a camera to be a really interesting mechanic because I think I could be wrong I could be wrong on this but I think it has to do with a superstition that a camera when it captures your image will steal your soul I I can't remember where yes. I heard that yeah. but yep that's the thing so yeah I thought that was yeah a lot of like Native American tribes and and um when the camera was first coming out, a lot of people thought that because they didn't understand the technology, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it also goes yes. back to, like, if you watch any ghost hunting show, when they take pictures in the room blindly, they're looking for the yeah, flash to go off and they see some kind of apparition, and then when they look at the actual picture, they're like, oh, look, there's a spirit. Why is it flipping right. us off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, but yeah, I, like I said, really enjoyed this one. The graphics are really good. The uh, the character designs are I, really cool. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, the character designs were early PS2 uh, type stuff for sure. Um, like elongated fingers to the point of comic yeah. proportions. Yeah, that's true. That was funny. Uh, the voice acting was absolutely atrocious. Love it. <laughs> ten yeah. out of ten. What you talking about? Trey <laughs> Baker's wow. best work. Uh, Jesus. I mean, you want to talk about bland... Like, I, I thought they were just computer-made voices, just... And my brother went into the mansion. I haven't seen him in two weeks. Gold. It's like, bravo. Screen- <laughs> oh, my God. Ten out of ten right there. Screen actors <laughs> hear how award. distressed I am. I am so scared. Like, <laughs> so bad. Uh, oh, boy. Love it. Ten out of ten. Best game. <laughs> I didn't like the cre- I didn't like the creepy children 
showing up in rooms every now and again. The ring. The 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 little the little uh, well they would like crawl on the ground and and then disappear through walls and always show up behind you. So you're like, God damn it! And then they they had that creepy child <laughs> laugh oh, yeah. type shit. God, get away! You. Or one of the hostile ghosts saying, "Help me! Help me!" Because <sighs> yes, nonsense. Because yes, sometimes the ghosts will speak to you, saying all these cryptic things. Yeah. There's no one here. <laughs> I want to leave. I want to leave. It's like, yeah, I bet you do. Actually, you want to take my soul first, though. So yeah. actually, speaking of that dialogue, if any of you played Deadly Premonition ever? No, but I, yeah. I'd be interested yeah. to play it. I, I so, know it's got a real cult following because yeah. like the, the voice acting sucks, the graphics sucks, but apparently right. the writing is really clever. Yeah, so mm. so one of the creepy things that this game reminded me of was like the zombies in that game, like they they it almost like they were trying to be cryptic, but it was just normal speech. So like it just be like I don't want to die. I'm like, oh jeez, fuck, <laughs> that's really that's more scary than the fact that like you could have hid the like hit it and like those those ghosts like reminded me of that in this game. I was like, oh, oh okay, yeah. I don't want to kill you. I guess bye. <laughs> it was really creepy. One one cool little mechanic that they did throw in the game because the game is super dark, yeah, overly dark at times. But you can use the the analog stick to maneuver the flashlight in the character's hands to go to like different quarters of the rooms and stuff. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like Silent Hill with its flashlights. Although yes, in Silent Hill you just kind of clipped it onto your onto your. Ch- chest of your coat and then it would just point wherever you were facing but in this case right. you actually had it in your hand yeah re- really spooky game um i i went through two different play set play sessions of this i think i got almost uh did i get to the end because i died a few times just because the camera mechanic uh the ghost would always tend to move too fast rather than how my character could actually move the camera and snap the picture within the frame. That's what kept killing me the most. So I, I definitely struggled with that a bit. Uh, and that, t- that tends to be a, a common complaint with the game. Oh, yeah. For sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was definitely scared throughout the experience. I mean, Fatal Frame 2, to this day, is like one of the scariest games I've ever played. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and it was good. It was good seeing that this one. Um, it's always good to see when you go play the first one that it wasn't like a broken mess or they hadn't figured anything out yet. the The atmosphere here was definitely uh, the the big the big positive of this game. That's if this atmos- if the atmosphere wasn't as good as what it was, the the game would not be really all that great. Absolutely. So yeah, I give it a pass. Oh, it gets an easy pass from me. It's a good. Uh, Kevin? It's a good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kevin, on to your two picks. That was a drop for you, because this is where it gets metal as mm-hmm. fuck up in here. <laughs> we played Splatterhouse for the PlayStation 3. To ignore what he said, wrote about Turbo Graphics. It's not real. I played MPS3. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have the Turbo Graphics 16. Game. Well, not all of us have money pits lying around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up game uh, takes place with Rick Taylor in the, say it with me, everybody, West 
Mansion. Mansion. Good. <laughs> uh, res- wait, what the hell did you write here? Whom was rec- resurrected by the terror mask? Makes him look like Jason Voorhees from the. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, influence from a lot of horror movies going on at the time. Uh, your girlfriend, say it with me, Jennifer. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, she's captured inside the mansion. Gotta go rescue her. Here's the, it's weird to see a horror beat em up game, which makes Splatterhouse alone a, a unique game in itself. But the thing, oh, sure. the oh, thing yeah. that really did it for me is that. The, the the sprite work, while big, beautiful, um, really limited like the gameplay space. If you play anything like Final Fight or Streets or Rage, you can kind of move all around the screen. I felt like Rick's sprite was so big that like mm-hmm. you really didn't have... It was more of like... I guess the fun of beating ups to me is like getting somebody in a corner and like trapping them so like, ah, you yeah. can really work around it. But I felt like it was just like, move right, punch, punch, punch. Move right, punch, punch, punch. <laughs> like I, I, I feel like I could have used a lot more freedom in this game to move, but overall, super solid beat 'em up. I wish I wasn't bad at video games so I can get up farther in it. Um, but I've seen no. This one was pretty hard. Yeah, I've seen the ending before, but I've never done it myself. Um, but the whole game is just fucking fun, man. Oh yeah. Don't don't play it on Turbo Graphics though. Yeah, it was developed and published by Namco, so I'm wondering if they would eventually make another one. Oh, they did. It came out like for for a game that came out in 1990. This was amazing. Yeah, it's weird that they did this one on Turbo and then the other two on Genesis. Well, the Turbo was done by that time. Damn right it was. Yeah this this was originally an arcade game, so I think the Turbo graphics for this game was the only console version, at least that I know of. Well, at the time that it came out, yeah. Yeah, at the time, yeah. I haven't played any of the sequels. Have you guys? Uh, they're more I or did. less the same, honestly. Yeah. That, I wonder if they're any easier. Yeah, the, f- <laughs> no. the first one, the first Splatterhouse game I ever played was Splatterhouse 2 on the Genesis at a friend's house. I was probably seven years old at the time. <laughs> Mm. I I had been I wanted to play Streets of Rage because they my friend and his brother had been playing it another time that I had come over but I I didn't know what it was called so I tried to describe it to them and my friend was like Splatterhouse I was just like okay let's do that one <laughs> this so, is not an adult film trust me and I I actually do remember being kind of disturbed by it mostly due to like the monster designs the music and the gore yeah oh yeah this is a pretty grotesque game that that much is immediate oh yeah uh, between like bodies being hung uh there's like things puking uh worms Uh, and melting corpses yeah after you hit them yeah uh and there there was quite a few things that were censored in the game like uh I, i looked it up where a meat cleaver was supposed to be one of the main melee weapons, but it was replaced with a just a two by four. Religious symbols, a lot of religious symbols were censored in this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his mask color. It was changed to purple, red. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to oh. keep it from looking too much like the the Jason Voorhees Hosky mask. Yeah, they can pretend all they want. <laughs> <laughs> we know your secrets, Namco. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah, when you when you get a guy in guy in a uh, a onesie work suit and wearing a mask, we know who it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's the a- only difference is he's super jacked in this game. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Myers. Yeah, That's there's actually a really 
a really funny warning on the, the box cover of the TurboGrafx game. It says, the horrifying theme of this game may be inappropriate for young children, dot, 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 and cowards. <laughs> right. Uh, well, now, that's how you get kids to play, but I'm not a coward. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, Man, I, I played this game for probably a couple hours, and I just could not get past... Uh, that enemy boss with the bag over his head with the two chainsaw for arms. Oh, yeah, that guy was a pain. I, st- I thought I had something going with um, with getting two of the shotguns for the boss battle, uh, but by the time I would run out of ammo, drop the weapon, and then go to pick up the, s- the, the second gun, because there's a gun shortly before that screen to fight him, and if you can kind of pick it up and move it slightly... You can get the second gun, but I couldn't pick up the second gun in time un- uh, until the chainsaw guy would kill me. Because you have, like, six hearts for health, mm-hmm. and, he, and he just, quick succession, just takes damage away from you. It's like, shit. Yeah, the, the way I managed to get past him was, uh, he hits you, and then while you're in that short invincibility time, just hammer on the punch button, and then you'll manage to get a bunch of hits in. I tried that. I guess I wasn't... Like hitting them properly. Get Maybe. good. Ha. Well, how far did you get, Kevin? Shut up. Uh huh. <laughs> I actually you got stuck in the sewer, didn't you? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I, I beat it, but only because I safe stated the hell out of it. That's the, oh, you cheater! <laughs> no, that's the American way. I'm proud of you, boy. I just wanted to see right, the entire so, well, thing. Uh, I want to. Uh, okay. Well, what's what's the ending like? Do you save Jennifer? Um. Uh, no. No. You it, kill it Jennifer. Just, it, the ending in this is actually really unsatisfying. It's like, after you beat the final boss, you see the terror mask break apart, and then a shot of the mansion burning while the credits roll, and then the word end appears. Oh. There's no shot of Rick or Jennifer walking away or anything. Wait now, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yo, that's after you... Never mind, okay. I was confused. Yeah. Well, what happens to Jennifer? You kill well, her. Yeah, she's one of the boss... Why would you kill her? She's one of the boss fights. She, like, just mutates into this huge monstrosity and you have yeah. to destroy oh, it. Oh, cool. She essentially is like, like, help me, Rick, and then after, like, first of all, help me, Rick, in a terrifying, garbly, like, barely 16-bit voice. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. And then, like, as she's, like, mutating, and then you're like, oh, I'm gonna kill you now, see ya. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Now, oh, that's pretty, I like, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I wish I got that far. That's pretty cool. Now, the arcade version ending of this is definitely better, because it shows Rick standing outside the mansion as it burns, as well as showing, like, like the Terra Mask breaking apart, and then the screen goes black, and then the Terra Mask reforms and laughs evilly. Ooh. Now oh, that's an oh, end. Hence oh. the sequels. Hell Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing that always annoyed me about the Terror Mask in the Splatterhouse games, and the Personas in Persona 3 and 4 now that I think about it, is that there, there doesn't seem to be any tangible long-term downside to using their power. I mean, sure, for the, the Terror Mask, you can hear him like tempting Rick into being like a violent psychopath, but sure, sure. as far as like Persona's concerned, there's no... Like- ch- there's no chipping away at your life force, no contract promising the wielder's soul to Satan or some such thing, and not even mm-hmm. much in the way of the wielders being corrupted over time. Aside from what I said about the temptations of the mask. Because yeah. 
I read plot summaries of a lot of the Splatterhouse games, and they don't really mention such downsides. And I only bring it up because I feel like if that were the case, especially in Persona, it could give some real weight to the proceedings. We could feel for the characters more. I mean, you wouldn't see it in something like Mario or Kirby because those are meant to be lighthearted. But Splatterhouse and Persona are more serious. The whole time Yoshi Kirby gets the tear mask on, make that happen. <laughs> Yoshi's well, I mean, just like as far like, as getting Mario. like superpowers. <laughs> well, actually, Mario's been corrupted by the Fireflyer. All those bricks were <laughs> at one point in time. So Mario's just been going around crushing them, man. <laughs> I think I think why my one big negative to this is when you get hit, you drop whatever weapon you have. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, immediately. That was kind of annoying. Yeah, I, I really didn't like that. I, that's why I'm wondering if. In the sequels, they got rid of that little mechanic. Because that would have been a very good just qual- quality of life improvement for the game, for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think they did in the second game. I can't quite remember clearly. But As much as the punching was, was quick, it, it just didn't have the range that, that... That was the major downfall, for sure. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think if... The punching had the range, and then maybe the hit detection was a little bit better on that part. That maybe the game just wouldn't be that just grotesquely hard. <laughs> ah, yeah. I, I remember, I remember the boss fights being fun. Aside from say the chainsaw guy, like the stage two boss fight was a big standout for me because you're fighting against a poltergeist that keeps flinging objects at you. You have to knock them out of the air before they hit you. I mean, first there's, like, candles and bottles that fall from the overhead chandelier that you have to avoid. And then there's a bouncing chair you have to hit over and over to break. And then there's flying knives you have to punch out of the air. Try figuring that out. (laughs) Well, it's okay. He's got the power of the terror mask. He's not afraid. Yeah. That makes sense. Good. And then finally there's, like, a painting that flies around you have to hit till it breaks. And then some kind of wispy spirit flies out the window and unless you're standing off to the side the chandelier will drop right onto you which seems like a bit of a fuck you to the player (laughs) (laughs) gotta avoid those chandeliers yeah so the game gets a pass from me it goes about fifty dollars on the turbo graphics uh i i think you can find some for like 30 to 40 ps3 copy on ebay yeah. Well, how much does the PS3 copy go for? Because so that's all three games, right? The new Splatterhouse is like 10 bucks, and then I think you have to beat the game to unlock them, but whatever. Stop being lazy, kid. Go do it. Yeah, I, I have I have the new Splatterhouse on Xbox 360, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah. I, I will say, I heard the game is like okay, but, you know. Yeah. I did. Well, I mean, if you get the other three, then it seems worth it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you got to beat it. Okay, well then beat it. Big deal. Yeah, Fair enough. <laughs> stop being lazy, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well let's get to our last game then. Splatterhouse gets a pass. Sweet. From me. Pass from me too. It's pretty good. Alrighty. Alright. Next. Kevin? Oh, I'm introducing Last game. Ahem. Welcome, everybody, to the thing that made Resident Evil happen. Sweet Home for the Famicom, developed and published by Capcom. Uh, like I said before, it is literally the game that inspired the Resident Evil series. Yeah. Uh, it's an RPG, very Metroidvania style exploration, storytelling method. It's actually a licensed horror game. I forgot to tell you this, Shady. There's a movie called Sweet Home in Japan. Oh, yeah. 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 Just yeah. game for this. Uh, essentially, you're going around a, say it with me, everybody. Spooky mansion. mansion. Good. <laughs> and... You're kind of going around fighting zombies. Uh, the big thing in this game 
is there's permadeath. So yeah, I found that out the hard way. Yeah. So <laughs> as you're running around this mansion trying to escape, do what you got to do. Um, you can carry one or two people with you. I think it was one other person, right? Two to three. Oh, it was two to three. Um, yeah. Yeah. Essentially, you go around and it's a party of two or two or three people. But nice. you really have to manage them because if they die, that's a person short and you're fucked. Yeah. I found like having uh, one. Per- I found. Not- you're not totally fucked, but I found losing it makes the game a thousand times harder okay, so if you have even one character die. Great, so totally fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I- Luckily, the game has a save feature, so you can just reload. That is true. It was very useful. Yeah. I um, used the hell out of that. <laughs> I, I like this game. I'm just... Again, I'm bad at games! <laughs> it's just really, it's really fucking hard, but it's really good. This, I, ironically, I find more fun than Resident Evil. Even though, um, like, yeah, I was, I found myself really into yeah. this. The game at the start, like the first, I want to say hour you play this game, it's mm-hmm. really hard. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you just, you, you need to figure everything out. Your characters are very weak. Um, you don't have the items to even fight anything. It's, like, bats and worms can go fuck themselves in this game. <laughs> yep. every, like, every time I, fi- I saw them, I'm like, oh no, the I most, might die. The you most pray, vicious man. of creatures, worms. Yeah. <laughs> or maggots in some oh, translations. Fucking maggots. <laughs> very good game. I love it. It's just, yeah. it's very cryptic, I will say. Like, that's one thing you carried over oh. from Resident Evil. I didn't know where to go. Well, you find the notes lying around uh, the levels, and they tell you where to go. Right, but like getting there is, was a whole different issue. Mm, Perspective-wise, I mean, I don't know how else they could have done it. Sort of. Without it being top down, I don't really know how else you can do this perspective-wise. Well, like one note would say, you need the generator, which is east, and then you would go east. You go into a couple rooms. Yeah, east. What a don't really know where to go, and then you find a room that said it's actually north of here. You go, oh, okay, cool. So it's in that room. It's like the, it's always the last place you check. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, what a descriptive yeah. place. Oh, east. All right, cool. Let me just. Sure. What well, said east of here, and there was like three rooms to choose from. I, don't know. I I didn't feel like I had enough description to carry on. Yeah, I, I was I was more confused with the controls at the beginning of the game. <laughs> Why? What was your issue? I was like, what the hell do I do? Uh, All right, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? How do I pick up a fucking item? Why can't I pick up this item up? Oh, it has to be in the last slot on this one thing, but only certain characters can hold this item. Uh, because I'm a guy, only guys can carry the axes, while the, while the women can carry the spears. And- That's sexist. Yeah. So like I was like why why I the, the the item thing was the most confusing at first but it's an item puzzle it's like an item puzzle game w- with the RPG to it. The whole game is the inventory management and then going from one place to another with using the items that you find to either unlock a room or a puzzle in the room um yeah so it was it was it was confusing at first, but once I once I figured out the menu system on how everything worked, then it just started to flow. Like I said, that first hour was incredibly difficult because the game is a little bit hard with your your underlevel characters. You don't have the you don't have the weapons yet, and you're still trying to figure out like how all the mechanics work in the game, how the party system works, how 
you can if you're if you're in the middle of a battle, you can actually call your other party members over to help in the battle, so you can have all five together at once, which mm -hmm. I found incredibly useful for just just destroying enemies at times. Agree, agree. Uh, so the game was incredibly deep, and with no explanation in the game and how anything worked, uh, that's what made it so confusing. So you definitely need that manual or yeah. look up a guide for the start of the game. Oh, this is a guide required game. I don't know how you can play it otherwise. Well, at least at the start. I don't know. I needed it for the whole thing. I managed to pick up on a lot of it when I for the first hour or so. Maybe it's just because I'm big into RPGs and puzzle games, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this game... Its gameplay is very similar to Mother 1, a.k.a. Earthbound Beginnings. Ooh. Yeah, with the first-person battle system? Yeah, and the, the top-down with the... top-down perspective with the characters following you visibly yeah. instead of, like, merging into one sprite. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just yeah, I, I I was a little bit annoyed that the sprites kind of got in the way on the screen of certain things. Oh yeah. Yeah, you had to switch between the parties because you're like, oh great, now I kind of block this door because now I I can't go through it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's one of the things I liked about this game is that each character has an item that's crucial to progression. I mean, one that was cool. Yeah, one has a lighter for like burning rope away another has a key i guess it's a skeleton key since it seems to open all the locked doors another, right another has a first aid kit for healing in battle or just getting rid of like status problems like poison yeah it was just used for status effects yeah it, uh, it, the only way you could heal your party was through uh the tonic that you find throughout the game yeah i like how that character with the first aid kit is literally dressed like a nurse completely with a white hat with a red cross on it <laughs> That was really funny. It's Halloween. They're just dressing up. <laughs> and yeah, another has a scene. vacuum for getting rid of broken glass on the floor. And oh. dust on paintings and stuff. Oh, yeah. How, yeah. Um, how annoyed do you think it must have been to carry a vacuum and alert every enemy where you are at all times? Yeah, maybe it was a dust buster. Ah, uh, yes. Well, there were certain enemies that you could also use the items on that could do bigger damage, which was incredibly useful at the start of the game. Like, I found out the va not the vacuum, the uh, the camera affected the bats. Oh, yeah? For, like, 20 damage. Yeah. Huh. They're blind, though. How? <laughs> well, that's, I, I think that's the point. Because they're blind, then you shock their, I don't know, retinas or whatever. I don't know. Don't, that's actually a myth, by the way. Bats actually have excellent vision. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah, see, yeah. there you go, Kevin. Shut up, Judy. You <laughs> fucking You're learning weird. things today. <laughs> Goddamn nerds knowing everything. <laughs> but yeah, the one of the mechanics that I found useful in battle was the prey mechanic because if you manage to do that right, because it's like it's got a little meter that goes up and down, up and down. If you get it like max, if you max it out by timing your button press right, then you can do a lot of damage, and that that can get you a lot of experience later, early on. Yeah, I didn't find that out until quite a bit later in the game, how to use the prey mechanic correctly. Uh, that reminded me of Undertale quite a bit, actually. Oh, yeah, that's that true. Sequences. It's actually also, like you said about before, It's that's a mechanic in Earthbound, isn't it? Like, praying? Is it? Yeah, you, you I think, pray yeah, in I think in the final, Yeah, in the final boss of Earthbound, 
That's like well, a, you have to you can do it in the final boss. You have to do it in the final boss to win, which no nothing tells you in that game that you have to do that. From what I remember, but like it, it'll you know you'll get health back or you'll get some like MP back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. it's literally the only way to damage the final boss. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I had no idea what to do. I actually think I hit pray as in like, well, I'm fucked. Might as well pray. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did. I did find a pretty useful cheat in the game. So <gasps> how dare you? Uh, <laughs> so if you if you uh, if you're in the middle of a battle. And you call the rest of the party over to join the battle, and then you use a tonic water. It actually heals all five members Ooh, of your I party. Am. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. And then the other one was, if you... Um, you know how sometimes you would u- you would use a, a wooden plank to cross gaps yeah. throughout the mansion? And then sometimes it would break if you, say, had a group of three and had had them cross it. And on the second time, it would, it would break, right? Yeah. Well, if you cro- if you have uh, a party of two, then you get like an extra couple steps over that plank of wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before someone would fall through, and uh, this game has an interesting use of quick time events. I think it's the earliest use I've I've come across in video games that have the QTEs. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So, you, so you'd have a person fall through the floor, the wood the wood plank breaks. Um, and if you have a rope, you can pull the person up. But the cheat, uh, uh, one cheat I found is you can just say, join my party again, and you pull them up that way. Huh. So you don't even have to have the rope. I thought that was the only way to do it. <laughs> no, you can you can just say, join my party again, you pull them no, up. No, that, no, I mean, the join my party thing being the only way to save them. Oh, no, no, you can you can use the rope, and that'll that'll get them as well. Huh. Never realized that. But there was another, yeah. there was another quick time event mechanic where you sometimes a lamp or a chandelier will fall and then you have a few seconds to react go left or right and then if you do nothing then poosh, you take damage yeah it's not a lot of damage though but it really it really affects you at the start of the game yeah for sure absolutely uh yeah left right or duck uh i kind of liked i kind of liked some of the puzzles in the game um like the first one that really you that you really come across is the statue with a spear and you have to pray to the statue in order to take the spear correctly, otherwise you'll take a ton of damage. And then oh, yeah. put that spear into another statue, and that'll unlock the next area. So, uh, very simple puzzles. Uh, you know what to do, but you have to kind of... I mean, there's so much emphasis on inventory management in this game. That's where a lot of that kind of difficulty goes through. It gets you to backtrack and take items in, at certain times. Um, yeah. You can definitely see a lot of the, the Resident Evil vibes in this game be it that uh that aspect and the uh when you open a, a new door for the first time it focuses it on the door and you hear the creaking uh <laughs> master of yeah, unlocking cool stuff yeah <laughs> yeah i got way into this game much more than i thought i i thought i would this is and there's a lot of grotesque things in this game like there's one enemy that was just barfing blood oh jeez. uh that the half like the half destroyed bodies of zombies crawling on the ground oh, at you in yeah. that first person battle view. Um, skeletons with like their clothes ripped off and they're yelling at you, Rah! Beware of the chandeliers. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, 
I'd found myself like panicking in certain rooms that would do certain things. Like uh, there was the instance where the boulder just like you knew you could see something happening. You're like, oh, if I take this item, the boulder will come down, and you have you're, you're kind of in this panic uh, to to get over the over across the the plank woods and hope praying they wouldn't break on you kind of deal. Uh, oh yeah. There was one room where all of a sudden the whole room would be on fire, and you're like, shit, I don't have the, the fire extinguisher in this party. Fuck! <laughs> you just take another ton of damage. Oh, jeez. Damn it! Yeah, I don't think I got that far myself, but that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got about halfway through this game before whew, before I was like, oh my god, I gotta play other games. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. The podcast. Uh, but apparently it takes like nine hours to complete, which is, which is quite nice. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not—it's not totally bad. Definitely, yeah, very well done. Average game I'd expect from the NES. Yeah, it's definitely one of the more intricate and in-depth games for the system. Uh, I got a translation card for about ten bucks, so totally worth it. Cool, in my opinion. Me. Well worth the uh, well worth the price. I also like the cover. <laughs> it's just creepy. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's um it's one of the the five filmmakers that go to the mansion. Uh, just like screaming on the cover or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. the The Famicom game is like thirty bucks. So Ooh. if you you know don't want a translation repro cart, if you want to not know route. what you're doing, yeah, there's that as well. You, you there's a lot of emphasis on dialogue and text in the game. So yeah, I'll, <clears throat> I'll admit overall it's not as scary as the other ones like Fatal Frame or Clock Tower, but it was still very competently executed. Yeah, especially for the NES. Absolutely, it's definitely one of the one of the quote unquote scarier spooky games out there, for it. For sure. Uh what else? Is that all I wanted to say? Game's okay. I feel. I thought the music was pretty cool for this too. Yeah, it, it was, was decent. It was, right. it was creepy. Get... I think it set the mood. Um, yeah. It definitely got the story going. How dare you? How dare you come into my mansion? You will die. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> Well, you're gonna fucking die now, kid. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I had to look up what I had to look up what frescoes were, so I didn't understand what the game was telling me at first. I'm like, what the fuck is a fresco? And I just type it in. It's like an old French painting. Huh. Isn't a fres- like, fresco oh. soda? Yeah, I remember that's, that. Well, that's fresca. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, frescoes are like old French French paintings, and um, so I'm like, oh, okay. So it wants me to take pictures of the paintings. I thought it meant like. I thought it was another term for spirit, so I was trying to take pictures of the spirits. It's like fuck, they weren't doing anything. Uh, so I, after I looked it up, I'm like, oh, the paintings, and then the paintings have fucking clues. Basically, <laughs> tell me what to do. <laughs> How'd you guys react when uh, a spirit took a party member? Because that freaked me out. I was like, oh, no, yeah. does that mean the character's dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was like, oh shit, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And then I'd explore and be like, oh, there he is. <laughs> Just kind of take him out of the room. He was spirited away to another room. Yeah. I thought he died. Because I had died a couple times before that in the game. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I start over. Yeah, I thought maybe the, the character died too, but nope. Just taken to a different location. Yeah. I really like this game. It's, it's definitely... Uh, it was a big surprise for me, for yeah, sure. Yeah, same here. Good pick, Kevin. Kevin. Game's okay. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but 
I can get into it if I really gave it the time of day. I would need someone to play it with me to like help me out with puzzles. But I like it. <clears throat> I thought the RPG system was executed pretty good too. Yeah, if it, I, I just really like the fact that there was like a permadeath, like NES game. Like they didn't really do that. It was like game over. That's it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, the the shit when you had a character die, that screen of the character like bloody on the wall. Oh really? With its back? Oh yeah. I was like shit. That was grotesque. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see any of my characters die in my playthrough, but I, then again, I didn't play very long. But that sounds I, pretty. I, st- I streamed the first like hour and a half of me trying to figure the game out, and I had characters die a lot at the start of the game. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, cause fucking bats, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can't run away from them. I tried. There was one 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 time I got stuck in the doorway and the bats just kept attacking me and killed my whole party. <laughs> Don't you love that? <laughs> ten out of ten. Great game design. Uh, there wasn't a game on this on this list I didn't I didn't enjoy. This was this was quite fun. It's okay. Splatterhouse wins. Ten um, out of ten. <laughs> all right, Kevin, you go first. Oh. Favorite and least favorite. Uh, Splatterhouse favorite. Least favorite fucking clock tower. Ah, just because, just because point and click. I don't like point and clicks. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't ask me questions. You know the answers to. Oh, <laughs> Colin. Uh, first favorite, Fatal Frame. And second, or least favorite, Master of Darkness. Did you say Master of Darkness? Yes. Okay. You cut you cut out there. You went dark. Uh oh my god. I'm so torn in favorite. I think my least favorite is probably Master of Darkness. Just because that felt like the weakest Yay. out of the bunch. That doesn't mean I didn't like it. I just think it was the weakest out of the out of the, the group of six here. Boo this man. Um God. Favorite? I'm I'm so torn between Sweet Home and Clock Tower, to be honest. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Fatal Frame scared the piss out of me. That was definitely the scariest game on the list, for sure. Oh, yeah. I played all of these games in the dark, by the way. Well, yeah. Was that a requirement? I Yeah, absolutely. It's a requirement. Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go with Clock Tower because of all the different endings. Cool. I think that's that. That was the 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 factor. I mean, the fact that you can start the game off, go immediately to the car, and leave, and <laughs> have Scissor Man show up in the back seat was pretty cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. I was like, oh, car keys, get in the car. I wonder if I can just get out of here. That was that was fun. And yeah. then seeing her die in like six other different ways. Uh, so you just like watching women die is what I get. Well, wow. at least that one. Wow. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Well, Jennifer, Jennifer died a lot. <laughs> out of these games here, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what a true. Who picked who picked Clock Tower? I did. Colin did. Oh, I was gonna say if you picked it, interesting, interesting. No, 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 no. Like watching women die. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Clock Tower. I think I think that was uh, one of the more original games. Um, cool. That I that I've played in quite some time. It was fun, and I and I and I'm a sucker for point and clicks. Ah, yeah. Suck something. They, t- they tend they tend to tell the better stories generally. Yeah, that, that's where a lot of its strength is. Ooh. Yeah. 
So, uh, a lot of different opinions here. Cool stuff. Um, Only one person's right. Is, you tell us in the comments. Yeah. So, just to run down the six games we, we played for our spooky horror is um, Resident Evil 3, Nemesis, Clock Tower on the Famicom, Super Famicom, Master Darkness on the Master System, Fatal Frame on the PS2 and Xbox, Splatterhouse on the TurboGrafx-16, and Sweet Home on the Famicom. Nice. Pretty cool stuff there. Fun episode. This was this was super great. And uh, I have decided on what the theme is for episode 32 coming out. Okay. You ready? It is going to be the strange and weird games. That is super specific. Weird and strange. Okay. It's, yeah, so just, uh, like, for example, uh, like, Oddworld, that franchise is pretty strange and weird. Um, so probably expect an Oddworld game. <laughs> Spoilers. Okay. As an example, as a spoiler, yeah. But yeah, and then uh, after that's Kevin's pick, and we're doing uh, a little spoiler there. No! The games okay, you got, yeah, yeah, oh no, okay, no, we'll no, save that fine. for the no, next no, episode. No, no, it's fine, fine, fine. Oh yeah, okay. You might need to think so, about and it. And that's uh that's a uh, games you got for Christmas as a kid. Oh. Yeah. Cuz the I... holiday season will be upon us during that recording. I like the sound of that. I like Christmas. So this was episode 31, Spooky Horror Games of the Redleaf Retrocast. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at uh, @bowlingjd Redleaf Retrocast. Uh, as we're quickly approaching two years of the podcast and um, 100 episodes overall. Yeah. Pretty fun stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Get us on iTunes and Stitcher for some reviews. We, we definitely need, uh, need more of those. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube page and Redleaf Retrocast for uh, live streaming of games and whatever that we feel like doing. So. Yeah. Thank you and see you in the next one, guys. Bob Dole.